Well, good morning, friends, and welcome to our 8.30 service on this, the 14th Sunday Sounds after right. Pentecost. Lose count after a while. Welcome to those of you in the room. Many more we know joining us online. It's good to be together in God's house this day. Uh, my name is James Howell. I'm one of the pastors here. I'm up front this morning with my friend and colleague, Dr. Uyan Kim. So many different ways for us to connect with one another. We invite you to fill out our hospitality pad at the end of your pews. There's the QR code at the back of your bulletin. And for those of us joining us online, uh, you can always click on the link and let us know how we can pray for you, share the ministries of our church, and be family of God together. Uh, please refer to this week. Uh, it's a bulletin insert, and there's a link for that as well for those of us who are joining us uh, from home for all the ministries of our church. Next Sunday is our kickoff Sunday. Sunday school starting for children and other Sunday school class all throughout the church. We have small groups that are starting. Please check out our website, small group, uh, to join these communities. Uh, we also have greeter usher training next Sunday after 11 a.m. service. Uh, this is an invitation for all the would-be uh, greeters, hospitality ministry. Join us. It's a great way to meet people, both serve people, and to get to one another. It is good that we are here today. Uh, let us continue to prepare our hearts for worship.
Friends, let us be united in confessing our Christian faith and the faith of the Christian church through the Apostles' Creed, which can be found in the back of your hymnal 881. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Sorry, I was revising my sermon. <laughs> it's our great privilege, now that I'm awake, to celebrate the sacrament of holy baptism today. Avery and Chris Northert bring their daughters, Wells Genevieve and Emmeline James, if you'd come forward. Brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and spirit. All this is God's gift offered to us without price. So friends, on behalf of the whole church, I ask you, do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to renounce evil and repent of your sin? If so, say, we do. Do you confess Christ as your Savior, put your trust in His grace, and promise to serve Him as your Lord? If so, say, we do. And will you nurture these children in Christ's holy church that by your teaching example they may be guided to accept God's grace for themselves, profess their faith openly, and lead a Christian life? If so, say, we will. And will you, the members of Myers Park United Methodist Church, include this family now before in your care where you proclaim the good news and live according to the example of Christ? We surround this family with a community of love and forgiveness that they may grow in their service to others. And will you pray for them that they may be true disciples who walk in the way that leads to life? If so, say, we will. We will. Friends, let us pray. Eternal Father, when nothing existed but chaos, you swept across the waters and brought forth light. In the days of Noah, you saved those on the ark through water. When you saw your people as captives in Egypt, you delivered them through the sea. Their children you brought into the promised land through the Jordan. In the fullness of time, you sent your son Jesus. He was baptized by John and anointed by your spirit. And he calls in his disciples to share in the baptism of his death and resurrection. Pour out your Holy Spirit now to bless this gift of water in those who receive it to wash away their sin and clothe them in righteousness throughout their lives, that dying and being raised with Christ, they may share in your final victory. All praise to eternal Father through your Son, Jesus Christ, who with you in the Holy Spirit lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. Well, as Genevieve, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. James, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. It just makes you so happy.
Girls, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Therefore, let your light so shine before others that they may glorify your Father who is in heaven. Children of God, as you grow in age, may you grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We rejoice to welcome you to the family of God. Friends, our God is good and gracious to forgive as we confess our sins. Will you join me as printing our bulletin, the prayer of confession? Let us pray together. Gracious God, we carry anger in our hearts we cannot release. Our past regrets continue to shame us with pain. Scarcity binds our hearts from generosity and growth. Give us courage to choose you in the face of temptations. Set us free for joyful obedience and faithful witness. Open us to a future of peace, hope, and love with you. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we are yet still sinners. That proves God's love toward all of us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The Old Testament reading is Exodus chapter 3, beginning with the first verse. Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and lo, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses, and he said, here am I. Then he said, Do not come near. Put off your shoes from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings and I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land a land flowing with milk and honey. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring forth my people, the sons of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the sons of Israel out of Egypt? He said, But I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you. When you have brought forth the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God upon this mountain. 
Then Moses said to God, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. If the Egyptians had heard that, they would have sneered. They would have said, you come up to Egypt. This is the greatest society, the greatest culture in all of human history. And right now, as God calls Moses, the greatest of all the pharaohs, Ramses II sits on the throne. We are the zenith of humanity. You come up to Egypt. But for God, it's coming down. For us, it's going down because we know that, <laughs> how should we say it? It's a pyramid scheme in Egypt, like so many places in the world where something grand that we admire has happened. A few benefit at the expense of the many. A few get wealthy on the backs of those who are poor. Uh, my first uh, paper in seminary uh, was on this passage. Somehow it has survived uh, multiple moves, and I found it the other day, 32 pages. Um, I could photocopy it. Uh, this could help you if you're having any uh, sleep issues at night. Whew, terrible. 
I got an okay mark. Uh, the main thing I learned from this is that the call of Moses is like the call of so many people in the Bible. God calls someone, they, they don't expect it at all. They're, who, me? And God has some big task for them, and they respond by saying, I can't do that, and they have good reasons. Moses said, I can't speak to the Pharaoh. Jeremiah says, I'm too young. Isaiah says, I'm not holy enough. Jonah says, those people you want me to reach out to, they are not holy enough. God comes to Mary, and she says, I've never been with a man. And God doesn't say, oh, okay, I'll ask somebody else. God always counters and says, I, I'm going to use you anyway. What God is looking for isn't ability, but availability. And the way I tend to put it these days is uh, the principle in all of that is it's not about what I want to do. It's not even about what I want to do for God. It's about what does God want me to do? Moses heard God. You may wish you could hear God. I would say Moses had a big advantage over us. Uh, Moses lived in a quieter world. Moses lived before cell phones and gadgets. I took our high school seniors years ago to the city of Assisi, and uh, that was great, walking in the footsteps of St. Francis. And the first morning, I took them out of the hotel, and we walked all way down the hill to where Francis lived a lot of his uh, life. And I, I noticed after about five minutes, the kids all had, you know, you know air, what do you call them? Airpods, earpods, something, in their ears. And I would say something to them. They couldn't hear me because they were listening. And I said, mm, time out. This is not how this trip is going to go. You got to pull all that away. And they were, it was a little moaning. And then they put them away, and they said, well, what do you want us to do on the way down? I said, let's just walk in the silence. And when we get to the bottom, I'll ask you what you heard. So we walked a long way down the hill, and we got down there. They said, I heard the wind. I heard a bird. I heard my breathing. It was cool. <laughs> a quieter world. We tend to say we'd love to hear God, and the question I might ask is, uh, do we really want to hear God? Because God asked Moses not to do a fun thing, an easy thing, something that he wants to do. God asked Moses to do a hard thing, something he didn't want to do. That's always the way with the real troubles of the world. People who suffer addiction, if they go to a therapist, the therapist will say, oh, here's a real easy thing that you can do and you'll be better. No, you have to do a hard thing to shake an addiction. And God looks down at all the people suffering from all kinds of addictions, and God says, let my people, let my people go. All the troubles of the world are like this gun violence, good grief, Chapel Hill, it's just everywhere, right? And, and we tend to, we don't want to do the hard thing, do we? We want it just to magically get better somehow, but God's asking us to do a hard thing. So the children going to school, college students going to school, you live in peace, safety, let my people go. There's an article in the, <clears throat> I can't remember if it's the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal this morning about Armenians who were being slaughtered. They did that 100 years ago. There was an Armenian genocide to rival the Holocaust of World War II. In a place called Nagorno-Karabakh, where we have done mission work over time, just killing Armenians because they want some land grieves us. We know people there. Let my people go. Yesterday, Lisa and I went to a presentation by a guy named Kevin Nye. I resisted asking him, are you kin to Bill Nye, the science guy? I didn't ask him. He's an expert in homelessness and also, I would say, Wesleyan and biblical theology. He gave a wonderful presentation, and he pointed out that homelessness in our country really is solvable. It's just we don't want to do the hard Thing. But Moses, God sees the people who are homeless and says, let my people go. Moses hears, it's calling. How do we hear God's calling? Uh, God says, go down, Moses. God came down. When I took those kids to Assisi, <laughs> it's so cool. We, we were in the upper city of Assisi where we were staying. That, that's where St. Francis grew up. It's where the wealthy people stayed. There was a wall to protect them. There were comforts, other rich people around. It was great. They loved being there. But when Francis heard God's call, it was not in the comforts of uptown Assisi. Instead, he went down that hill that we walked down. He went down, he went down, he went down to a poor, crumbling church, and he prayed in that poor, crumbling church where there were lepers wandering around outside, and it was there that he heard God's call. 
I would suggest to you, if you're going to hear God's call, if you want to have a true spiritual life, if you want to be the person that God made you to be, you're not going to hear it in the comforts of your home. I suspect that if you're on a lounge chair by your pool and you say, God, what do you want from me? It'll seem like, well, God, do you want me to dive in the pool or have another martini? It's about as good as we can do. You got to get out of the comforts and find where down is in our world. Who's suffering? Who's hurting? What part of town do I never go to? How do we go down? Story, I've told you this before, but I'm just stuck on it. We have a great friend here in Charlotte. She worships with us pretty often online named Dorothy Count Scoggins. That's one of the most famous Americans from Charlotte. She's featured in the African American Museum up in D.C. in 1957. Uh, they decided, <clears throat> of course, decided that schools should be integrated, so uh, Dot Counts was sent alone. Why did they do this? Into Harding High School in 1957, and she showed up, and of course, the white kids were all sneering and laughing and spitting at her and throwing rocks and making obscene gestures, and there were photos of this that went viral. They didn't call it viral then. But those photos of Dot walking into the school went all over the world, including to a newspaper in Paris where one James Baldwin was living. Baldwin was a, a black American, but he was so tired of the racism in America, he just didn't want to deal with it. He was an author, he was a chic culture guy, so he went to Paris. What a chic, cool place to be. He loved being in Paris. He had great friends there. Nobody really cared what color he was. He loved being in Paris. He was very comfortable, and he was just living the life. It's Paris. I mean, come on. He's just living the life in Paris. But then he picked up that newspaper, and he saw the photos of Dot here in Charlotte, and here's what he wrote. There was an unutterable pride, tension, and anguish in that girl's face. It made me furious, it filled me with both anger and pity, and it made me ashamed. One of us should have been there with her. I've been dawdling in Europe, but on that bright afternoon, I knew I could no longer sit around in Paris. Everybody else was paying their dues. It was time I went home. And Paid mine. The question we have to ask is, are we, are we dawdling somewhere? It's comfortable. It seems well-earned. That's fine. <laughs> Enjoy that life. But God's coming down. God comes and asks us to stand. We get confused about that, right? We say, we need to take a stand. People always want to take a stand on the morals of the day. You've got to draw a line somewhere. Take a stand and draw a line. Those words do not occur in the Bible. What the Bible talks about, though, is standing with the vulnerable. If you want to know right and wrong, stick close to Jesus. Stick close to God. It's about a person. It's not a bunch of rules. You can know the rules and, and not be a good person at all, but, but if you're close to Jesus, if you're close to God, you will be figuring out right and wrong, and you'll be figuring out what is right and wrong for the people who are wounded, the people who are at the bottom of that pyramid. Who is the God that calls? I love, it just makes you laugh out loud if you've read ancient Near Eastern history. Moses says, uh, God, what's your name? What's your name? And God <laughs> I mean, in the ancient Near East, if anybody ever said, what's God's name? You know, the, the Babylonians, the Egyptians, the, the name of God would be Marduk, the God of the four corners of the universe, the mighty, the omnipotent one. That They would go on and on and on. The name of God. Egypt, Ra, the father of Horus, the instigator of the Nile, the deliverer of the sun every day. They would go on and on and on. God's, God's, what's God's name? God's name is just, I am. I <laughs> It's kind of pitiful. It doesn't promise too much, and yet it promises everything, right? It promises that I, I am, I am with you, I will be with you. What's Jesus' name? Jesus is and I am the all-conquering one who will crush all of my foes. Jesus never talks that way. Jesus' nickname is Emmanuel, God with us. God is with us. God is with all of us always. And Moses' response is so interesting. God doesn't say, Moses doesn't say, well, here are my credentials, God. I'm sure you can use me. I'm a sharp guy. And Moses doesn't say, here are my excuses. He does that for a minute, but then he abandons that route. Instead, he just says, here I am. Just me. <laughs> 
here I am. Does it say, here are things I'm good at, here are things that I prefer doing. I'd like to do them for you, God. I hope you come see me again over here in Midian. No. Ready to go into the world, do whatever God asks. Here I am. I'll go. I'll go. I am available. I don't know if I am able, but I am available. Friends, somehow this week, find a, you're down. Where's, where would you go down? Drive through another part of town. I don't know what it is. Talk to somebody. Meet somebody new. Don't just stay in the comforts of your home. <laughs> and ask God, what do you want me to do? may be small, but it's not small because it's what God wants you to do. If God wants you to do it, it must be hugely important that we together as the body of Christ really will be able to change everything, even though it's hard. For this, I'm grateful. Thanks be to God. Let us go to God in prayer. Holy God, we are grateful that we can come to you just as we are. That we can come to you and know that you are always there waiting with open arms. Thank you, God. Thank you for your presence, for your grace, for your goodness that surrounds us each day. Lord, in your mercy. Gracious God, you know the things that keep us in bondage, the things in our lives that keep us from experiencing all of the goodness that you desire for our lives. So God, we release to you now we surrender to you. Holy God, liberate us from our pride, from our greed, from our own self-centeredness. Instead, fill us with your humility, your generosity, and your mercy. Help us, O oh God, to truly love our neighbors as we love ourselves. Lord, in your mercy. Through you, we know that anything is possible. We know that you, O oh God, can take the ordinary and turn it into something extraordinary. So we lift up to you now the struggles, the pain, the fear, the brokenness of this world. And God, we ask that you transform all that is in need of your restoration. God, we pray for all those who grieve this day. We especially pray for the family and friends of Vicki Hammer and Sandra Hardy as they have completed their earthly journey and have joined you in life eternal. Lord, in your mercy, Holy One, we come into this space, your church, knowing that this is holy ground. But help us, O oh God, as we leave, to look for the places of your light in ordinary and everyday spaces. Give us the eyes to see the divine. Give us ears to hear the cries of the needy and give us mouths to speak of your great love for all of humanity. May we walk in the way of your son, Jesus, as we pray the prayer that he taught us by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As the ushers come forward, it is a time now that we give back to God a portion of what God has entrusted to us. Thank you for your gifts. It enables us to not just be a place that comes and worships, but a place that sends, that goes out into the community to be the hands and feet of Christ. Thank you for your gifts. Loving God, take this offering and multiply it for the building of your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.
friends, may God lead us up, down, sideways, wherever God may lead, may we go and follow together. May the love of God the Father, the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Thank you.